What's up? It's Wednesday, March 8th. Thank you for tuning in to another week from the podcast. It gives you the most honest viewpoints on the week's hottest sports topics. It's episode 90 of the Chasing Points podcast. Bravo. I did it. Yeah, for once, finally. Brandon. You, these reading lessons have worked for you. Sam Favada. We are here. Episode 90. Yeah, it's episode 90. I got the intro, the new intro that I didn't write. Right. So kudos to me. What's up, Hayes? How you been, man? I'm I am good, but I don't even want to small talk with you. I, I, I want to know how you are, but I want to get right into this shit. How are you, Sam? I'm living the dream, my friend. Let's uh get right into it. Busy, uh busy day in sports recording this Tuesday night, March 7th. So the NFL uh, franchise tag deadline just passed and uh, the combine is all wrapped up and we'll get to all that world baseball classic starting uh right, right. Know, and all that but let's uh get go into the nba uh memphis grizzlies guard i guess he's a guard right job ja moran is gonna, gonna miss a couple games after displaying an apparent gun in a video a, a live uh i think it was a instagram live stream yep and uh was he he was at a nightclub early Saturday he was morning. outside of a nightclub apparently yeah. happened so the NBA is investigating currently this is not even the first incident that would cause some alarm with John Moran in the last month which is you know also concerning and, to be uh, fair the NBA has not stopped their investigation since the previous situation yeah. the investigation has been ongoing but you continue yeah uh it's you know Unfortunate for one of the perennial all-stars, young rising uh, star in this league. And a lot going on in the the Grizzlies ahead of whatever discipline the NBA may or may not shell out uh, have suspended him at least two games. I think they were uh, very open-ended on on that. And uh, there was also reports of a player-only meeting a couple days before some of these incidents where Steven Adams, the uh, guard for the Grizzlies, kind of got everyone together and made sure that they were much tighter on the on the road and, you know, were, uh, were disciplined, I think was the word. So, hey, in the room. Yeah. Yeah. There uh, a lot going on with this John Morant um, saga storyline. Uh, what do you think? What's going on? Um said it on here before I'll, I'll say it again is ja is one of my favorite young players if not my favorite young player in the nba um and to see how much this this should be a sign to him and i'm sure he's not thinking about this right now for whatever he's going through and whatever is is affecting him to to start to do these type of things out of essentially nowhere um but this should show him how much people actually care about him and what he does on the court because it's not just talked about uh in the nba circles this is talking been talked about throughout multiple circles uh it is as i sam and i were just discussing prior to starting this this is the biggest uh sports topic right now period and and it's essentially transcended it uh i've as we know twitter can be a a great place but it could also be a cesspool and and i love to go on twitter to get my information first because that seems to be where most of this stuff is broken first 
and even things that aren't even pertaining to basketball. Uh, there, there's a Ja Morant reference in the comments at some point, somehow, some way, whether a joke or whatever the case may be. It's it's been referenced in so many different places. Um, I don't. I never want to rush to judgment. I think it's stupid what he's been doing. Um, that that I'll say, but I don't know what's going on in his life. Um, to see how he started off in this league, which which I've seen people on social media, you know, Sam, you've seen this several times with people like the media is 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 showing only this bad side of of John. They're not showing this side. If anybody's running with that narrative, you clearly have not been watching Ja since he's coming to the NBA. Is because the NBA has been showing all of the good stuff. The bad stuff has been shown by one person and one person alone, and that's Ja. It's not that he's not, he hasn't been doing this since he came into the NBA. It's as of recent, and it's more so this year. This season is when I've heard stuff, right? Yeah, and this is... I haven't heard anything prior to that. That doesn't mean that he couldn't have done stuff prior to, but up until this point in time, never heard anything until this season. But then I start to pay attention and I'm, I'm listening to multiple uh, media outlets and, and social media outlets and people that are within the know, uh, the Stephen A's of the world, the uh, Vince Carter's of the world, the Kendrick Perkins, and then other uh People around in the basketball circle speak about this, and and Stephen A. said something that was that stuck out to me. Which, again, I don't think some of these young players realize is that the NBA is a multi-billion-dollar corporation that hires off-duty cops, former feds, feds in general, to do background checks on every single player in the league. So they know what you do, when you do, and who you're doing it with, no matter what, because they want to protect the asset. And Ja is one of those assets. But they want to protect the logo, no matter what. Same with the the NFL. We've talked about that on here several times. Sam is they will do whatever. Yep. They protect the shield no matter what. It's that's the bottom line. We're going to protect us any way that we can. Um I just truly hope that whatever Jaws going through, he is truly getting help. Like he he's he made a statement on Twitter uh, saying that he's going to get help. I don't know what that looks like. Uh, I don't necessarily think it's any of our business, but I hope he truly is getting help. Um, I hope he's able to actually talk to somebody and really work through this. Um, I also hope that the Grizzly organization sits down the whole team and players and, and tells them to get rid of this fake tough shit that they've been doing. And I'm talking about the Dylan Brooks of the world. I'm talking about the, the Jaron Jacksons of the world that are, that are quote unquote about that life or making it seem like that you are basketball players. Point blank period. You're basketball players. You may have come from the bottom of the bottom and that is understandable. Most haven't most had, Either a a single uh, single parent household that their their parent, whether mother or father, uh, sacrifice everything to get you to where you were, or have have a household with both parents and they still did the same thing. 
these are the people that you're fighting for. And you have a chance. Ja has a chance to make $235 million with this contract. Just signed a lucrative deal with Nike. Nike parted ways with Kyrie Irving and pushed you to the forefront. And then you start to do this. And Nike came out and backed them. And I heard people slight them as Nike and Kyrie have had a long history of up and downs. That's a whole nother topic. But I pray that whatever this young man is going through, it gets fixed because not only will he lose his career, but we will be robbed of his greatness. And yeah. that is something that I don't think basketball fans really want to see. And for that, I hope this turns around for him. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, you, uh, I thought what you said was, was great, you know, like people care and the media is, is being reactionary to what you are doing. And oftentimes people blame the media, but they never you know, they'll find the story will come out one day kind of thing. Yeah. And there's yeah. no story. There's no, it's, you know, it's all just, you know, a narrative, a point of view from the person that is, is being impacted. I think the thing that John ja Morant is hopefully, if he didn't already learn this from the incident in Indiana about a month ago, yeah. he's learning this now, the league's going to go on without you. You're, you know, you sign that, for for his age and his contract status, you know, years tendered in the league, he signed mm -hmm. a max deal. Mm -hmm. You mentioned the Nike money. I mean, he is he is for being in Memphis, Tennessee. He is one of the more marketable stars this league has. Yes, very and, much so. And the story of you know he came didn't didn't get many uh, offers, if any, I believe on the D one level was playing at Murray State, right? Mm -hmm. And became the second pick in the draft behind Zion and in front of RJ Barrett. So I mean, and it, it was warranted. If I, you know, you you've heard me say a million times, I wasn't bummed that the, as a Knicks fan that we didn't have the chance to get Zion. I was bummed we didn't get John Morant. Just because I agree with you, I hold him in such regard as well as a, as a basketball player and the next wave of talent in this league. I think the problem that he's going to face is life comes at you quick. Yeah. And I mean, you can ask some of the, the players that have their own situation, scandals going on, the endorsements leave, you know, and you know, you're, he's potentially facing some, you know, a, a lifestyle, a, you know, actions that aren't, aren't are worse than not playing basketball too. So I mean, it's the the league goes on without you. There's been so many sad cases of of players that have surrounded themselves with yeah with the wrong people, whether it's family, extended family, friends from home, new friends because of you know your oh, yeah. new status, yeah. and you you could see it. I mean, uh, famously, like Allen Iverson was one of those guys. I mean, <laughs> oh. Brent Richardson from the draft pick from the Colts, right? Like out of the league paying for like everyone and their mom to, you know, just live this lucrative life and yeah. what's left of him, you know? So it's, it's one of these things where it's just like, you know, it's the company you keep too. So, um, hopefully that, that gets addressed for, for his own sake. And, you know, the reaction is for the, for the NBA fan's sake as well. I, I, 
I'm glad you referenced like the the Iverson situation. Um, yeah, very public this, situation. This, yeah, this is one person that I know Ja idolizes because you can look at his game and see sure. that. Like you can look at anybody that's come after Iverson that there's no way that your game is not influenced by him some some bit if you're a historian of the game. Uh, all, so you should know. But when I say you should know, that doesn't mean that you're not when you're in the position that you're not going to repeat the same thing. I think people keep forgetting that is that you can see somebody do it and and know the history about behind all that Irison went through. But it's it's easier said than done when you're outside looking in instead of when you're inside looking out. Just think of any relationship you've been in prior to being with your spouse or whatever, or maybe even then like you, the advice or the way that you're looking once you're inside the situation and trying to look around is different from being outside and, and judging and being able to give a non-biased perspective, right. Or, or to assess the situation when you're in it, there's emotions involved. There's people that are your boys. They're quote unquote, there's family members that pop up out of nowhere. It's different when you feel like you have to, take care of these people especially if you have a kind heart right and if you you don't want to let people down but I, I i really truly hope he understands like kendrick perkins said it i was so glad he said it and i know there's many other athletes that that can attest to this is there's there's a lot of fake friends in there and when the money's gone they're yeah. gone right the status and, the money's gone it's, it's you're 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 the package right and and at the end of the day people want a piece of of the pie no matter how they can get a piece of the pie. And once they get their piece, some piece out, right? Once you, once you fail, if you fall flat on your face, they're gone. Only the real ones will be there. You have to differentiate who's real and who's fake. Um, so I, I just, it, it's really for me, like it's, it's, I'm speaking with this tone. Cause it, it really irks the shit out of me, Sam. Like it bothers me because yep. he could, he could be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. And this is this is the David Stern, Carmelo Anthony conversation of you. I see what you're doing right now with your career. If you go, you can go one of two ways. If you go that way, you're going to be out of the league looking to get in and you're not pretty much going to get back. Or you can come with us and, and go in the future, which Melo did and end up following David Stern's direction. And he was still staying in the league and he's he's Melo, right? But Ja, you just got the bag. You, you got the bag from Nike. Powerade has you as their their athlete, star athlete, which they haven't done in quite some time. Put somebody in the forefront of that. You have so many ventures and businesses wanting to be have you a part of their brand. This is going to definitely, you're going to take a hit from this, but you can recover from this if you do the right things going forward. And I pray, I pray he does. Yeah, it's a it's a cautionary tale. We've seen it so many times. And whether you're the twelfth guy on the bench or you're, you know, perennial all star, it's you know, happens. And and to me the mellow point too. Ironically, it was Allen Iverson coming to Denver too, mm -hmm. help yep. that yep. situation, right? So the irony is is in that situation is is not lost on me for sure. But yeah, uh, you know, so so for now he is not with the team. I'd imagine and. And Memphis is going on, uh, going on without, without John Morant, and yeah. you know, hopefully, again, he gets the help he needs, and 
is put in this situation, he needs to succeed and thrive. And, you know, certainly there'll be a lot of people pulling for him, but same time, you know, just very concerning behavior, especially from, you know, from any athlete, any person, but um, not what you want, but hopefully, you know, he's seen, seen the light or has, you know, helped. Yeah. We hope get to that point. Yeah. So, I mean, switching gears, Staying in the NBA, we'll we'll do some some more NBA right now. Lakers star has a tendon issue in his right foot and will be reevaluated in three weeks. LeBron James, LeBron, yes. yeah, great notes. <laughs> I'm reading it. Sorry, man. I'm reading <laughs> it. I'm like, wait, Lakers star who? LeBron's <laughs> expected to miss a couple weeks, a uh, couple more weeks than initially reported with a with a tendon issue here. Uh, and this comes at a time when the Lakers are only just one game out of the playing game. So here we are, another pivotal moment in Los Angeles, recent Los Angeles Laker history. And we're asking ourselves once again, can AD, Mr. Glass, as you call him, step up? Street close. Street close. <laughs> so what do you think? Uh, LeBron, again, so to reiterate, because I'm confused, he's going to be reevaluated in three weeks. And take it from there. Uh, initially, it was just two weeks. So this, you know, if you know anything about these kind of issues and certainly the status of athlete that LeBron is, it's going to be way more than three weeks. It's, you know, and we're, we're coming to the end of the basketball season here. What what do you think of the Lakers? Again, one one spot out of playoffs or, you know, or their playoff chances dwindling, Ken AD and some of the new additions on this team. Uh you know, uh, keep the ship afloat, if you will. I mean, I think they potentially can. AD has actually stepped up uh, and and has been what I think we all thought he could potentially be. I mean, when AD's healthy, he is top 10 player in the NBA. When he's healthy, which is... Well, apparently you hear my dog going crazy, so there's that too. Nice little guest appearance by him. Um, When he's... When he's healthy, it's it's night and day. Like he he is extremely hard to stop. He he can shoot from the perimeter. He can stretch the floor. Uh, but what what happens there is that AD needs to stay healthy. It's it's really that simple. Uh, so it, it's great right now. What it what it's looking to be, it's great right now. But I don't know what is going to transpire because also uh, D'Lo. It, deloading is is out uh so we'll have to see what happens but i don't know i don't know if they can make the playoffs they beat the the warriors even with steph dropping uh i think it was 32 uh sunday was a great day for basketball uh oh, totally. but i i don't know i i guess we'll just have to wait and see what are your thoughts i i mean i think you nail on the head it's been the narrative with anthony davis for years right even even in new orleans can anthony davis stay healthy i mean the talent is there the the makeup is there he is you know he's got hall of fame talent but he needs to be able to stay on the floor and that hasn't been something that he's been able to do but when the ball does go through him and when he he needs to be that dude he can be that dude i just you know don't know if that's uh you know, if that's plausible right now, just based on you mentioned D'Lo being hurt and 
and LeBron at, you know, it's, it's again, it's, it's open. It's, it's right there. They're 31 and 34 tied with the, the jazz record here. Pelicans are also 31 and 34. So there's still some basketball left to be played. They just, they need to stay afloat and, you know, you want to be able to host a home game in uh, some of these playing games, but more importantly, you want to make the playing game. So, you know, this could get ugly fast or it could be a, a nice little story and and run for the Lakers here. What else is new, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just, uh, you know, so we'll we'll keep everyone updated on that and as as we always do. But another big story, if it's not LeBron dominating talk on this podcast, it's certainly these two, right? Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Uh, their new teams, the Suns and the Mavs, played a game, and uh, the Suns won one thirty to one twenty six. So, uh, what are your thoughts on the game? It's uh, you know one of the first games that that Katie had in in you know his new uni, and and Kyrie's looked really good with uh, with Luca, a nice one two punch in that backfield uh, backcourt. So, thoughts on uh, thoughts on your your two former. Uh, Sam's so ready to talk about football. He's talking about backfield. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's um that game. If you didn't get an opportunity to watch that game this weekend, you missed out on a phenomenal, phenomenal basketball game. And this is my favorite time of the year for the NBA. Uh, the second half of the season uh, has a lot of playoff implications. Uh, and this, this is no slouch of a game as they saw each other in the playoffs last year and there was a lot of chippiness between Luca and D book uh that that continued which I'll get to that in a second but uh to have Kyrie and and Kevin Durant now inserted into this budding rivalry it was cool to see um it was cool to see uh being that Katie Katie dropped 37 D book dropped 36 Luca dropped 34 Kyrie dropped 30 like that's just think about that. <laughs> that is literally over 100 points by four players. Four perennial all-stars. Uh, and, and to see that matchup, and I, I didn't even mention Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton. Like, I didn't even mention those two. Um, but just to see how this is, this could be a playoff matchup, and this could be very, very intense. And now adding... Uh, former teammates who, by the way, have not spoken since being traded. Uh, Kyrie asked for the trade first uh, as the Nets were finally starting to get their their feet under them, their legs under them, and then gone. And then KD asked after, which I don't think we really talked about, after getting Brianna Stewart to come to New York, KD goes. Thanks for that, man. Uh, yeah, I, I appreciate that, Katie. We, we'll take it. Um, but they haven't spoken uh, during the game. Uh, normally in, in warm-ups and you say stuff. Uh, when you when you come out on the court, people dab each other up. I watched Kyrie walk right on the court and didn't say anything to Kevin. Kevin didn't say anything to him. When the game was over, they didn't say anything to each other. Uh, apparently uh, from Wendy, uh, Brian Windhorst, uh during timeouts no cameras they were standing right a foot away from each other apparently and didn't even say anything to each other uh so i i, I don't 
I like it for like rivalry purposes now that they're, you know, in the West together. And this is Kyrie's first time playing for a team in the West, but they've played against each other pretty much their whole entire career. So this is nothing new. Uh, but now they're just going to see each other a lot more. Whether they talk to each other again, who knows? I don't really care. I just want to see good basketball, which is exactly what we got to see. Yeah, it was it was a fun game. And, uh, you know, certainly a rivalry that, you know, had a lot of implications last year. Right? Luca, Jalen Brunson, um, you know, but taking the Suns uh, deep in, into that playoff series. So, you know, new new talent there, Hall of Fame talent. And, uh, you know, should be a fun, you know, fun playoffs, especially in the West. I'm excited. And again, we've kind of talked about it all season. Now you you wake up and there's a new order uh, in in the West, right? There's new the standing shuffle every every other day. So right now the Suns are in fourth, Mavs right in seventh. So they would host uh, one of those playing games there. You know, which would be interesting. Uh, yeah. That that Luca D book situation. Uh, I I had to text Harrison and Dame. Shout out to them because um, we were all watching it in our separate places but d book after he uh, well after luca tried to make a shot on kevin durant missed it uh kevin durant got the rebound d book came down and was was talking to the ref and then luca looked up at him and d book said something to him and then luca went and got up in his face put his forehead to forehead uh again uh, this this stems back to last year in the playoffs and I, I'm sure everybody, I mean, they they like each other. They like playing against each other as basketball. But in the heat of the moment when it's playoff push, there's no friends. And I, I love seeing this because it just reminds me of the type of basketball that we grew up on in the early yeah. 90s and seeing that. Uh, to be fair, this is not that type of basketball in totality. They're mostly all friends. But I love seeing little mini rivalries or the competition when, when the it's crutch time. So pretty cool. Yeah, it's yeah, again, it, it's just going to be fun. Kind of does bring you back that little bit of edginess from, uh, you know, games, games long ago at this point, completely a different type of game now with the evolution of the three point shot and just spacing the floor. And, you know, you got your big guys, you know, winning three point contests and whatnot. So it's a certainly a different game, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's fun to see a little physical, uh, physicality you know and especially in the post and around the perimeter there too so it's uh yeah it's been fun so um i wasn't aware of this next thing this tweet from lebron james that you put you made great notes today by the way you did a great job Thanks. appreciate it so lebron had that dream. everybody he basically saying i don't do good notes any other time continue with Ladream. yeah he had a Ladream. did he call it Ladream? because i called I mean. it i called it Ladream. man you are just <laughs> You're crushing it today, you know. So this is LeBron's tweet from from the other day. I have no idea. Just woke up having a dream that MJ and I was shooting the shit back and forth at the men's national championship game between North Carolina and Duke. Great vibes and an epic classic game. It was tied 94-94 with five seconds left. North Carolina had the ball, and then he woke up to go to the bathroom. <laughs> How's that yeah. game end, Ace? Uh, well, I hope how it ends is that North Carolina wins by a buzzer beater, so it can just rub it in forever. Uh, that's how I hope it would end, since we don't know how it end. I'm sure LeBron 
would hope that would be uh, the same for Duke. But I, I think the more interesting part to me about this is him saying he had a dream with MJ and himself sitting together at the national championship. The reason why I say that and why it was the biggest part to me is it's been reported on so many times of how they they don't really have a relationship like that. Like they, you'll see um, MJ will has and as of recent, and I'd say more so since uh, Kobe has has transitioned uh, that they've you know they they dab each other up. It's always respect for for each other's game and whatnot. But uh, LeBron has always looked up to MJ. Right. He's just like Kobe did. Uh, it was different with Kobe. Kobe played against MJ. Right. He he didn't back down from. Him, so MJ looked at him as his, as his little brother. Uh, but I know LeBron longs and has longed to to want to be. And that's the only, I think, player he's really wanted to really build a relationship. He'll never say it. Um, but the fact that he had a dream that those two were sitting together uh, was really, really cool to see. Um, and that would be a great game to be there for i mean i would pray north carolina won because it'd be bragging rights forever even though we do have bragging rights against duke now because we beat them in uh tourney but you know yeah <clears throat> we'll see how that goes uh I, but yeah i think the interesting thing here is that it's assuming here that lebron is is cheering for duke he always kind of said that he'd go to ohio state what if he went to college no but, no, nope. he's mentioned nope. that before. Nope, he's nope. mentioned it before, but we all know he would play for Coach K. Nope, he times. literally just sat there with Coach K on All Star break and said, "You know, I absolutely would have played for you if I went to college, right?" Yeah, that's now on the All Star break, but like years past, he's always mentioned Ohio State, and he's always mentioned Duke too, which is what I'm trying to tell you because he always wanted to play for Coach K, just like Kobe wanted to play for Coach K. It's been for some reason Coach K has this thing over these players obviously he's not coaching there anymore which is why duke is also not where they are even though they just beat my tar heels but yeah he wanted to play there i mean he's he's also a hometown boy so i know he's he would be torn to to play that but i know he wanted to play for duke really really bad he just yeah yeah okay i just won't talk anymore I mean, you can. This is a this is a podcast, right? This is where we're supposed to. Debate. Is that what don't we're doing? Soft, don't get soft on me. Don't get soft on me now. Let's go. Come on. I, whatever, man. <laughs> hey, Selection Sunday is on Sunday. Do you care? You know I care. Yeah, man. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the tourneys that are coming up. Uh, excited to see who the first four are in the the number the four number one seeds, the four number two seeds. Uh, to see what's going there in the sleeper teams. I'm telling you right now, if Iona wins the Mac, watch them because okay. they are coached by Rick Patino. So watch them. That is true. Look at you giving Coach K love. Now you're giving Rick Patino love. Yeah, a little bit. Who, maybe. Who is this guy? Who's this guy I'm hosting this podcast with? I don't know. I'm surprised you're talking because you said you weren't going to talk. Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, see, told you. Take shots back. Um. Okay, I just won't. I won't say anything. I. I don't know. It's just the Brandon Hazelwood experience. show. What Sam's just being. Sam's got his panties in bunch. He's got his period. I'm sorry, everybody. Wow. Continue. That's uh. <laughs> that's aggressive. <laughs> that, no, you that's, can deal with it. No, I. I. 
that's offensive. Oh my god, I'm offended. No, I'm serious. Yeah, um, yeah right. Transitioning to the uh, <laughs> to the NFL, it was uh, tag deadline day, four o'clock Eastern, a couple hours ago, and a uh, lot happened. I thought it was going to be a kind of you know an interesting day, but then this all happened. Lamar Jackson uh, could play for another team. It seems more likely now than than it ever has, as the Baltimore Ravens uh, place a non-exclusive franchise tag on uh, the star quarterback, former MVP. So essentially what this means, it's kind of like an offer sheet in the NBA. So uh, Lamar and his team can look for a new team to play with, negotiate with a new team. And, uh, you know, the Ravens have the right to match whatever offer Lamar gets. And if they do uh, not match, they get two first round picks from that team. So certainly, uh, you know, a, a lot of speculation here. What could be next? Atlanta was was mentioned and the Falcons, it was reported. I saw from ESPN that the Falcons aren't looking into that at the moment, but you know, who knows what's really going on. I don't know if, you know, everyone really expected this to happen, but what do you think? uh, What do you think's next for Lamar? Because it's, it's interesting that the Ravens kind of let the rest of the league try to uh, fix this relationship. If you will. I hope Lamar leaves. Oh, yeah, totally. I hope he leaves after all of this back and forth BS, him betting on himself. I just hope he leaves. Uh, I, I I just don't understand how you don't deem that he deserves that guaranteed money compared to what the landscape is, compared to the people that got uh, higher guaranteed money than him. I'm talking about the Deshaun Watsons of the world, the the Kyler Murray's of the world. Um, neither of them have done more than Lamar in the NFL. Period. N- both of them have had their own issues that have spilled out into the media. When's the last time you heard any public issues about Lamar Jackson, Sam? I mean, from, I don't know. You, you don't know yeah, because there I hasn't don't. been any. Right. <laughs> That's right. You don't know because there hasn't been any. That's my point. You could but decipher you, a lot of it just being agent talks or, you know, kind of well, just it, news late leaking out or a lot of speculation, but, but there's no like concrete. Well, that's not even where I'm going with it. What I'm saying, I'm, is, saying is, 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 is Kyler Murray, you had the gaming situation, him not studying. We Deshaun Watson, we had the massage situation, right? And we with Lamar, we haven't heard anything negative about him except for the spins that certain people in media put on him about his play and the anonymous coaches that won't put their name to any of the things that they say about him. Right. So I I hope he finds a team. Uh, I mean, right before we got on here, uh, the Falcons have stated. They're out on Lamar, which I don't know if that's a a tactic to. to uh to not show their cards yet I, I don't know if that's a tactic or not but to say that you're out when you just have you got rid of Mariota and you have uh was it uh Riddler right uh Desmond Ritter yeah Ritter there you go um Riddler <laughs> um yeah I, I don't know I I I just hope he goes somewhere else I, I don't think they I, I feel like they're gonna wait to see what another team offers and then see if they really want to match which 
to me, if I'm Lamar, is like you have to wait to watch another team say this is what I'm worth for you to match it. For me, if I'm in his position, I'm like, okay, I'm gone. I don't I don't need to be here, even though I know he wants to to stay there in a relationship he's built. But like we said at the top of this, this is a business. This is you you just got to do what you got to do for yourself. Yeah, it's, you know, could understand both sides being coy, you know, with this situation. And it goes to Lamar not, you know, kind of playing without a deal, a future mm-hmm. deal, getting hurt. Still, it doesn't really seem that it's impacting the situation. And, you know, I, I think we both hold Ozzie Newsome, Eric DaCosta, the, the Ravens front office from at least a historical perspective as a, you know, a, a greatly run organization, top tier run organization in this league and in yes. sports. It's just there. I'm not taking their side. I'm not. I'm just like, what don't we know? If like, what is what's really causing this? Like, is it they just don't believe in Lamar as a quarterback? They don't think he could hold up with this frame. Obviously, he's he has been hurt a lot, but you know, it's it's just really confusing because this is just a dynamic player that you know you talk about needing the game plan against. This is you know this is the the top percentile of that like this is that dude and you know they haven't really surrounded him with you know at least the offensive weapons yeah the line has been shoddy at times but it's you know it's i I just like what don't we know about the situation like it's not like a there's something going on that we don't know of is there like a report or behavior or something happened it's or is it just like coy business and it, and, and that's fine too because you, you mentioned it is a business you know Aaron Judge it, we were all you know a lot of people were really worried for a long time and mm-hmm. I mean of course now you get paid 300 million dollars you're named to the captain of the Yankees and <laughs> he says he doesn't want to he was never going anywhere and you're you know that may have been the point and we all may have just looked way too much into a certain situation and and that being one but this i think this is a lot more than that like there's there's something something going on and it's just surprising knowing what we know about the ravens it's uh you you bring up a very very valid point and i've been trying to figure this out forever and i'm sure i'll never get the answer but like why are you so against paying him guaranteed money to keep him like do you not see him in your future because everything you guys keep saying to the public is we want Lamar to be here we, we've offered him a contract we want him to be here we we we're gonna do whatever Ozzy said it today he was like you know we're gonna we're gonna do everything we possibly can to 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 really try to get this and keep him here and and pay him essentially money and it's like okay but he's told you what he wanted <laughs> like on so many occasions to, to reference your point, Aaron judge said what he essentially wanted before the season started. Cashman didn't meet that. Aaron judge came back at the end of the season said, yeah, I want this, 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 uh, give me the whole Yankee stadium as my name <laughs> on it too. Uh, um, yeah, I, yeah, I need all this. And they're like, you know what? Here, right. You he had, had one of the best there. seasons of all time. Yeah. He, he bet on himself and it, it worked out. I think it's I think in in the in this day and age of where we watch teams ship off players 
right, in, in, in a heartbeat to do something to prepare for their future later on down the road. Uh, I think these players really need to take when they have an opportunity to do what they need to do, they should. Right. And, and and keep the ball in their court and do and move the way that they want to do, because if if Lamar is not living up to their standard, how quick would they ship him off, Sam? In a heartbeat. Right. So yeah. I, I don't. Lamar has done everything right. They haven't won. He's gotten hurt. I get that. But he balls out. He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league and, and has been mentioned in the MVP ca- uh, uh, conversation damn near since he came into the league every year. So why are you not paying him? That I guess we'll we'll never ever yeah. know. I think to to my something earlier I said too, it's it's kind of it's almost like the best case scenario for Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. Because if they just tagged him and he was not allowed to he was basically either sign the tag and was a Raven next year or he didn't, and I'd assume he just couldn't play. I, I don't really know. Mm-hmm. Like what would happen if that was the case? But I'm assuming that's it. By signing this like trans uh, non-exclusive tag here, he's able to. His agents are able to find a better deal, and the Ravens still get something. Now, if and two first-round picks is a is a good a good haul. But he, you know, on the open market, I mean, we saw what Sean Watson got, and and with all those, you know, everything else going on in in his personal life. And not even talk about the guaranteed money. I'm talking about the draft capital. Yeah. So, yeah. so if the Ravens just tagged him and wanted to trade him, they they'd probably do better than two first round picks. So it's kind of like, all right, man. You know, we can't figure this out. Maybe you could be happy somewhere else, or someone else will listen to you or believe in you. But it's you know, it's be interesting to see. How do you how do you think this kind of ends? Where's Lamar playing basketball uh, football next season? <laughs> Sam, you need some coffee today? Dude, it's been a long day. <laughs> uh, where he ends up, I, it's a very, very intriguing question. I really don't know. Um, if if Atlanta is truly out, I could see Miami. I mean, he's from he's a Florida boy. Uh, and and I know that's the the team that's kind of flirted with it. I, I know two is there. But if you're telling me that I have an option to to have Tua or Lamar, I'm taking Lamar hundred uh, percent of the time. Um, so that's just me uh, because that ends up being the fastest offense that we probably will ever see in our life. Until, it already is. It's already it, up it, there. It, it, very, so very true. Very true. Adding him, I mean, Tua's not really a. It'll be nuts. A Russian no. quarterback. So like yeah. to add that, yeah. Oh, with, man, with I, McDaniel's uh, or what's his name, right? Mike McDaniel. McDaniel. Yep. Yeah. With him, <clears throat> with him game planning for that, uh, it's and you can't game plan for Lamar. So that's that'd be interesting. I, I, so I think there. Where where do you think if anywhere he goes, where he would go? I think it's interesting because I mean, to our next news topic, we'll bring up in a second. Like reported today that Jets brass is literally flying to Green Bay tonight to talk to Aaron Rodgers and the Packers basically gave Aaron permission to start figuring his future out if it is with another team outside of of Green Bay and if I was uh I was talking to our, our friend Dave who's on this podcast every now and then and works for Sports Illustrated and he basically said I would uh you know turn that plane around head down to South Beach or wherever Lamar currently is um 
And that would be my best case scenario as a, as a Jets fan too. I would happily take those, um, give away those draft picks and try to build a, a team around what Lamar Jackson can do. And I would excite me, but it, as a Jets fan, it would scare me to have him play in our division in, in Miami. But I th- I really think Miami's the best fit for him. And I'm a fan of Tua. I'm a I'm a fan of Tua. I know he gets a lot of hate, but I, I don't even I, I don't even think now, Pat, it's it's the part of like I think prior to the season, Tua got hate. I think now it's con- more concern than hate for Tua sure. now. Yeah. Because we don't know we I don't want Tua's brain to be mush after he's done playing football. And if if my man keeps getting concussed the way he is, he's gonna need a lot of medical attention. Uh, once he leaves the NFL, but you know what? Enough of that, dude. He was in the concussion protocol well in, uh, I mean, up to like the Super Bowl, and he got hurt in like week fifteen or sixteen. I mean, this is like his second or third concussion this year. There's there's concern there, but it's always been, you know, always wanting to move away from Tua from when he was drafted and Brian Flores. Like, what did Brian Flores see? Like, what is what's the situation there? It, I I don't know if he escapes that narrative, even if he plays uh, 17 games next season. You know, well, yeah, I mean, we'll yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll see. But Sam, yeah. I'm not letting you lead in on this one because I want you to sit back and take the seat. Just just sit there and relax for a second because this is all about you. This next part, and you might be might feel like you've been concussed with all the news about this. So today. Uh, Dan Graziano, Trey Wingo, and multiple other sources have said that the Packers, the Jets, and Aaron Rodgers are in talks with one another. Sam, you just said that, you know, you would, you just like Dave said, he would take this plane and fly down to South Beach or wherever Lamar is in Florida and have a conversation with him instead. But that doesn't seem to be the case, at least right now. It uh, looks like the Jets passed up on Aaron Rodgers, I mean, uh, Derek Carr, uh, who who signed with the Saints, which we'll get more into shortly. But now there, it seems like they're all in on Rodgers. Sam, I've been watching this, and I've <laughs> I think about you and Mike Greenberg every single time I hear news <laughs> about the Jets, because you two are. And Harrison is a Jets fan as well, but you're way more of a Jets fan than Harrison is. Um, Thank you for that. You're welcome. I uh, I continue to watch this and wonder what's going through your head. And I'm trying to put myself in your shoes, and I want to hear what you say and see if what I've been thinking is somewhat close to what I've been thinking that you've been going through. Because if this was me before the Eagles had Jalen Hurts or before they had Carson Wentz and this was my situation, uh, I'd have a bunch of emotions. And the reason I'd have a bunch of emotions is because it's Aaron Rodgers, who is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but also Aaron Rodgers is coming with a lot of luggage of his own doing. (laughs) Right? And what is going to probably cost for Aaron Rodgers is going to be a lot for the Jets to mortgage off with the young core that they're building now. So I'm going to shut the hell up. 
And I want you to tell me where you think this is going to go and and play out in the in the days. Cause I'm sure we're gonna find out by the end of the week, if not within the next couple of days, of what is going to happen with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I, I think it's it's something, right? It mm-hmm. you said you'd be really emotional if this was you know, if the Eagles were doing this pre-Jalen and, you know, having to deal with Carson Wentz and then Nick Foles and, and all that stuff. But I am so, like, just beat down by this team. And every, you know, so often you get a glimmer of hope. I, uh, you know, I jokingly said when Sam Darnold was drafted, you know, like, you, you, I cried. You know, I don't think I did. You know, I cried when my son was born uh he was sam darnold was drafted first and i was just happy that he would be able to have a franchise quarterback right didn't happen Mm -hmm. (laughs) so get happy you know you're happy all right let's do this again zach wilson and there's been mark sanchez trading up for mark sanchez and chad pennington and kellen uh you know uh kellen uh what's his name kellen clemens and everybody in between like Brooks Bollinger, there's been a million quarterbacks. Not that I thought any of them were better than, you know, the others, but I just want to win. And I'm not a fan of Aaron Rodgers. If you've listened to this podcast for 89 (laughs) other episodes, you would know how we feel about Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. I think Aaron Rodgers, the amount of attention he already gets in Green Bay, Wisconsin, you put him in New York City, I think he's going to get irritated really quick. He just seems like a really unhappy person in general. And, you know, I'm not one to speak on stuff like that. Ultimately, I I don't care. But uh, um, I I just want to win. I'd rather have Lamar. I got really worried when Derek Carr left. I'd rather have Derek Carr because I don't know how long Aaron Rodgers would give us if he even wants to play. And that, you know, obviously having to take on that money. I, I don't know how that would all work. I think it would hurt Green Bay trading him away more than it would hurt the Jets. But the Jets also have to pay a lot of these young players in a couple of years. So I'm not that worried about not having another first round pick. I'd much rather have Aaron Rodgers in that regard. But I think if Aaron Rodgers plays football in 2023, he's going to play in New York at this point. And I, you know, he could also say after Lamar gets a new deal somewhere else that he's going to retire. And that's ultimately my biggest fear is like, Mm -hmm. all right, who's left? Is Jameis Winston or Jimmy G going to be the quarterback for the Jets? And I was excited about Jimmy G when, when, uh, you know, it it became clear that he's the odd man out in San Francisco because Mm -hmm. we ran a similar offense. But Michael LaFleur is not here anymore. Not that I think. You know, Michael Floor is so great, but I I do like the Shanahan offense and to have someone like Jimmy G be able to just do a little bit more than manage it is, you know, just kind of all I'm asking for. We have a great running game, a great defense. This team's ready to win. And if it's Aaron Rodgers that takes us over the hump for two years, then I'll sign up for it. Um uh, but I'm also just worried that we're on the outside looking in of this whole thing because that kind of just seems like the old Jets way. Not necessarily the Joe Douglas way, but the old Jets way. So um, 
you know, yeah, ultimately now with everything left on the table, I'd, I'd want Lamar, but uh, if, if that doesn't work, then Aaron Rodgers is, is the guy for me at least, but I just want to win, man. I'm so beat down by all this for 20 years, 30 years, haven't made the playoffs in 10 years. I'm ready. I, I watched this and again, I, I try to put this as if I'm an Eagles fan in the Jets fans place. Uh, I wouldn't want this to happen for my franchise uh, because of I all that, that that comes with Aaron, the indecisiveness that we don't know if he's going to play year in, year out. And it's ironic that he didn't want to be in Brett Favre's shadow and looks like he continues to be in Brett Favre's shadow, literally doing the exact same thing. Uh, so I would not be surprised if he ends up with the Vikings after leaving you guys. Um, <laughs> but we'll see what happens with that. But um, I, I, honestly, if if I was Joe Douglas and, and the rest of uh, the Jets organization, if I'm going to forfeit two first-round picks, shit, I might as well call the Bears and trade with them and get go and get Bryce uh, young, I might as well go and get one of those young quarterbacks in that situation. Yeah, they're not Aaron Rodgers are not proven. Right. But I'd much rather do that if I'm going to mortgage off those things. Yes. With Aaron, you can you could potentially get a ring right away. But Aaron has been with the Packers who have had a Super Bowl contending team for years and he's only got one ring. Yeah, one. To your point, when I saw Derek Carr go off the board to the Saints, I said, well, that's a mistake. If I'm the Jets, I would be like, oh, okay. Hey, Siri, thank you. Uh, everything just going crazy over here. Um, if Your place, if your the place Jets, is the place to be, man. Apparently What's so. What's going on over there? Uh, dog talking, Siri talking. It's crazy. Um, I, I, I would have tried for Derek Carr, just like you said. I, I, I would have. Uh, but even to this point, like I... I to, to Dave's point and, and probably where your heart's at, I'm trying to, to offer Lamar something because he's younger. He's electric. Uh, he's going to be around. He wants to get paid. He's not going anywhere. He wants to play football. And he adds something different that Aaron can't add, which is his legs. And that is something that you can't control it at, at all. So, Sam, I uh, I will say I pray for you. <laughs> it's it's just something like, yeah, going. It sounds good. Like, just go get Bryce Young. Go get Anthony Richardson, CJ Stroud, Will Levis. Like, you, we could have that conversation. I'm just, dude, we've done it. You know, it's Zach, like Zach Wilson. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I, this franchise has been sold cap space for years and then it was look at all these draft picks we have and sam darnold's the future and then it's you know we're uh makai becton we're gonna build around this kid you know uh <sighs> all these different things happening and it ends up you know not nearly coming close to what we all think it's going to be and sure this fan base can get uh you know get off the rails pretty quickly too but it's it's time like the defense is that good like our yeah. defense is that good it really is and uh, 
hopefully Brees Hall comes back at what we saw last year and may take a little bit. I mean, ACLs are interesting. It took AP, what, seven months to come back. And yeah. Saquon wasn't right for two years. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, you, you never know, but let's just be hopeful there. Uh, but I just, just want to win. I just, even with Brett Favre, you knew like he basically couldn't go to Miami, uh, Minnesota, unless he had to like sit out for a year. So that's yeah. why he went to the Jets. And we all knew that was what was going to happen. I just, I just don't know. I'm like, I wouldn't want this situation either for my team because I just have a feeling in two years we're going to be back to square one. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I totally understand that point there. So, yeah, you know, by this time next week, it could be a, you know, a whole new landscape in the quarterback carousel and what's going on with these teams and a good, uh, good question we asked all off season two was what did the giants do they didn't uh pick up the fifth year option on daniel jones new new uh head coach new general manager new players around him uh can daniel jones be that dude who do we tag him or saquon both free agents at the end of the year and it came down literally to the wire but uh daniel jones avoided getting tagged today and signs a four-year 160 million dollar deal with the new york giants so here we are in the year of our lord 2023 and daniel jones is making 40 million a year like if you told me that four years ago when he was drafted i don't even know what i would have said to you but here we are saquon's gonna get uh tagged for a little under 11 million dollars and uh hopefully they'll you know for his sake they'll try to work out a longer deal there but thoughts on uh the giants and and the future of the giants under center with daniel jones <laughs> uh this just sounds like like i'm baited into this <laughs> um if i were a giants fan um i'd be I'd be happy because of what we saw this last season, this this season that just ended. But I also would be reminded of all the years prior to that. And maybe he's taking a turn and he didn't turn the ball over this year and he's he's progressing. Maybe he's becoming what Daniel Jones was supposed to be. Maybe. I don't know if I give him this contract um i know you have to secure it i mean what are they what were the giants really going to do right when it comes to quarterback that's that's kind of to me is it's what were they really going to do what were their real their true options here um so i think they did what's best for them and i think sometimes we need to realize that i we're looking at the daniel joe's contract and we're saying like wow really like as a as a fans of other teams looking in but what what were the giants really supposed to do here uh he had a good season they got to the playoffs first year with brian dable uh saquon had a a bounce back year you want to kind of keep that core intact to see what it could be next year like was this year just a fluke or can we build upon that next year right to see it's different when players have multiple years and then the same coach it's it's a different type of trust a different type of uh 
uh, operation because you're able to utilize more of the playbook because you understand the personnel differently. So I, I to me, Giants really had no other place to go, Sam. That's really yeah, it's interesting because they were in a tough spot with Daniel Jones and the quarterback position to begin with. They, you know, Joe Sheen and and Brian Dable take over. They don't pick up Daniel Jones's fifth year option, which would have been next year. Mm-hmm. So they would have had him for like twenty plus million dollars, whatever that ended up being. Um, so they're like, okay, prove it. And he like he had moments, but statistically he doesn't jump off the page. I mean, he had a lot of rushing yards. Um, but he played just well enough to force the hand of the Giants because what were they gonna do otherwise? I mean, in hindsight now, uh just a few hours earlier, Lamar Jackson could have been available. And that was a rumor all throughout the season that they were interested. I mean, if you need a quarterback and you're not at least calling the Ravens or Lamar Jackson's agent right now, that's what you are know, you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? Or what do you know that we don't know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, here, here he is making $40 million a year. And that's, you know, just, uh, just behind, uh, just behind Matthew Stafford, Dak Prescott, Josh Allen's making 43. Patrick Mahomes is making 45. Deshaun Watson, 46. Kyler, also that number. You know, and Aaron Rodgers and Russ are, are near 50, just if you look at AAV. So, you know. It, yeah, 82 million, cor- 82 yeah. million guaranteed and yeah. up to 35 million in incentives for him too. So I, I just, you know, we made fun of Kirk cousins for years for just being that average quarterback, but that was all guaranteed money. This is like the new, <laughs> the new Kirk cousins contract here. It's just like, he played just well enough. I would rather have Kirk cousins. Ooh, wow. Than Daniel Jones. Mm, okay. I, I like- wouldn't. <laughs> That's saying a lot. I wouldn't. Mm-mm. I and I can't stand Kirk Cousins, and I could care less about Daniel Jones. I just think I will say Daniel Jones did a you know did what he needed to do by protecting the football. It wasn't fumbling as much, wasn't throwing as many picks, was making better decisions, was certainly using his legs. That's I, yeah, that's the I, key. Yeah, I just think you know Kirk Kirk Cousins is you know I don't know. I have to. I'm rescinding that comment. Let me think about it. <laughs> I'm rescinding it. I'm sitting here just like, Sam, you've seen more than enough of Kirk Cousins in prime time and in playoff situations, and that's who you're going with? I Hey, listen. Out of the two? To each his own, brother. I I, I, I don't know where Daniel Jones is going to go. I know what I'm getting with Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I'm going right. to get, a, I'm gonna get right. a decent season, and then when it comes to the time that I really need you to step up, pick City and not being clutch. That's what I do know. So There you go. Yeah, you're right. I rescind my comment. <laughs> so let's move on. Four-time Pro Bowler Derek Carr, as we uh, just mentioned, four-year, $160 million contract uh, with, or is it 50, 150 or 160? I don't know, but he signed with the Saints, $100 million guaranteed. The Saints, you know, finally have a stability, if you will, at the quarterback position. There's no more Jameis Winston. You hope that they're not doing the Taysom Hill experiment anymore. Andy Dalton is not the future of this team. I also saw an interesting fact that the last quarterback the Saints drafted in the first or second round was Archie Manning in the 70s. Wow. Yeah. Mm. I think Adam Schefter posted that after the Derek Carr contract. So 
I like the move for the Saints in the sense of like, all right, what better were you going to to do at this position? Uh, you know, like it for the weapons on that team. You know, I don't know how long Michael Thomas has left on this team, but uh, Chris Olave, Traquan Smith, uh, certainly Alvin Kamara, that's stocks all up there. Um, but it was interesting. I shared this with you uh, after he signed his uh, the odds in Vegas for the Saints winning next year's Super Bowl remain the same after after the news of Derek Carr. So we'll tell you what Vegas thinks. What does Hayes think about the new uh, the new quarterback in uh, on Bourbon Street? A, they're winning the South. There's no way they're not winning the South. That's a great point. Um, they're winning the South, and that's in part to Tom Brady retiring. So there's that. Um, but B, I don't. <laughs> I like Derek Carr as a man. I respect Derek Carr and what he stands for, and totally, and 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 how he speaks. I respect him for that. When's the last time you won a playoff game? Never. Has he really never won a playoff? Never, I Sam. I know that every time I feel like I saw the Raiders in the playoffs, he was hurt. Like it was always like a backup quarterback. Yeah, zero playoff. Yeah, I think wins. you're right. Yeah, because he lost to the Bengals last year. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Zero. That was after that crazy game to end last season too against the Chargers. Yes. See, but I say zero playoff wins, but he was with. Look at who his coaching staff was while he was there with the Raiders. The Raiders have not been a stable organization for a while, in my opinion. And that's sad because the black hole is is uh, a, a very, very big when it comes to the NFL. Uh, and that's unfortunate because that is a huge fan base. Uh, but I need to see more from Derek Carr. And this is a, a chance to prove people wrong. And I'm all about proving people wrong. So he's got the weapons around him. I don't really truly believe in Dennis Allen, if I'm going to be completely honest with you, Sam. Uh, but I guess we'll just see where it goes. I'm here for the experiment. Yeah, I'm not, I wasn't a fan of Dennis Allen either, but here we are. And the point of no Tom Brady. So, like, who's currently the Bucks quarterback? Kyle Trask. You know, maybe yeah. Sam Darnold gets yeah. resigned. Carolina, and then you have Desmond Ritter because uh, I believe Marcus Mariota was cut. So, yeah, the the South is totally up for grabs. I like what the future of some of these teams could be, especially Frank Reich in Carolina um, with that defense, of course, but even though he's an offensive guy. But, yeah, it's it's theirs for the taking here if they can continue to play Mm -hmm. how they've played for sure. But, yeah. We'll see there. Uh, speaking of another guy who got paid after uh, <laughs> posting, a, posting a great year, uh, Geno Smith, staying with the Seahawks. If you told me this 10 years ago, too, I'd be like, what? Signed a huge <laughs> deal with the Seahawks for, uh, I think it was for four years, three or four years. And even Pete Carroll today did not rule out drafting a quarterback with the you know fourth or fifth pick. I think that a lot of that is just positioning from the front office to try to uh, maybe entice a trade or getting get some value there. Um, 
but you know we don't know this is also a team that gave matt flynn the bag and then found something in russell wilson so you never know but uh happy for gino Happy, you know was not a fan of him when he was drafted uh kind of everything that happened in new york after that but i certainly um you know when i hear him talk now and just what he's experienced as an nfl player and um kind of his uh perspective on things i'm you know i'm certainly happy for him and i think uh you know it's it's a good move for seattle as they continue to build around around him and i mean you never know what's going to happen in in these divisions here no one thought the seahawks were really going to be a contender in the west in the nfc and and they were in it for for a long while so uh you know good good for him good for seattle and uh you know i, I like the move i'll make mine very very brief happy for gino uh for what he did uh the Seahawks would absolutely look for a future quarterback because that's what you're supposed to do. Of course. Um, but that's really where it stands. Just happy for him and then just build for your future. That simple. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of intrigue at the top of this draft, especially at the quarterback position. We'll certainly uh, unpack that in the weeks to come because of the drafts, the end of April. But uh, here's a rumor. D-Hop, DeAndre Hopkins, a.k.a. Nuke, Headed to the Cowboys? Uh, yeah, that's... Dez was working out with DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre said he heard a lot of Cowboys fans are... are, are people are, are clamoring for him to come to the Cowboys. Uh, so he was like, you know, I'm hearing it. Uh, if the Cowboys are really, really serious and really want to be a contender, I, I don't if I'm going to be open and honest about the franchise, like they've got some really solid pieces. Uh, you got Micah, uh, you have uh, Lawrence, you have uh, Diggs, you have some good players on this team, period. I mean, you have CD lamb as well, Tony Pollard, but he probably will miss all of this year for the most part. Um, you have a lot of good pieces, but you let, Amari Cooper walk and you need you they haven't done the Cowboys haven't done anything Sam that I say that is like oh they're really trying to win in the past like 20 years that I've seen them go out outside of like getting T.O. which even then I don't I mean I think that's the last time I'd say they went and try to do something to make it seem like they're they're trying to win since then they haven't done anything and I think this would be a perfect opportunity to let their fan base know and energize it like, hey, listen, we're trying to win this. We're trying to give Dak the pieces to win. Uh, so if I'm them and, and it's a possibility to get Nuke, I'm all in. But if history serves me correct, that's probably not going to happen. But if I'm a if I'm sitting there and I'm working for the Cowboys front office, what do I have to do to get Nuke from you guys? Period. And that's all I would do. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's very possible that DeAndre Hopkins gets cut just based on his sal uh his contract and mm -hmm. where they are, where he is in the length of that contract. And certainly, you know, I don't really know what the expectations in Arizona are going to be this upcoming year. I mean, Kyler yeah. is not going to be healthy to start the year. They have a rookie quarter uh coach and 
and your boy Jonathan Gannon and you know a, a lot of question marks uh you know so do you do you save some of that money there they have the fifth pick or sixth or seventh pick in the draft something like that or no they pick third mm-hmm. so that's a that's a huge spot for them too so yeah you don't you don't really know what's what's going to happen but likely that maybe even D Hop just signs as a free agent there um heck of a talent if he can stay healthy and be back to his his um uh, you know self from a couple years ago he's he's had a couple rough seasons but he still has flashes and shows you why he's you know uh was a top receiver in this league for a very long time he still is yeah no i I agree but you know he's he's been up and down just performance wise and off to a a slow start last year with he had that pd suspension for the miss the first six games there too so that'll that factors into last year's equation. And and to be honest, Arizona, as we know, was a dumpster fire last year. So, yeah, um, but this is what happens, Dallas, when and I've said it a million times, you, you can't pay everybody. Couldn't pay Amari there. You know, you have now $28 million invested in the running back position because the Cowboys just tagged Tony Pollard. As you mentioned, probably won't get any run this year just based on him breaking his, you know, what do you do? Break his fibula? Like, mm-hmm. you know, so I don't know how long that takes, but I can't imagine that's, that's, uh, <laughs> he'll be ready, uh, ready to play in, in August or September. So, you know, you, you paid Dak, you paid Zeke. You, you have some pieces on defense that you had to pay at the time. And that offensive line at, you know, in its prime was one of the best lines in, in football and kind of all goes by the wayside now, but. Yep. I still think Zeke uh I still think Zeke gets cut. Or the smart move would be to cut Zeke. But I, I mean, would it would it be the smart move now with not having Tony? I guess you're right. I guess like you're right. This this, you, this might have saved Zeke. Maybe. Yeah, you're right. This we might know have how saved Jerry yeah. feels about him. So yeah, there you know. Be uh be interesting to see. I really at sometimes wish that the um the draft was at uh, before free agency, and sometimes I wish it was after, just to see how some of these things will work out. And you could say the same thing about the NBA, right? It's it's always weird that the NBA drafts just a few days before the start of free agency. I feel like a lot of things would be different in that regard. But speaking of the draft, moving on, the NFL Combine was in Indy this past weekend, and uh, I we didn't have a podcast last week, but we were chatting last week, and I said, watch out. For this guy, he is going to show everyone that he is a freak. You and did. that is Anthony Richardson, quarterback from Florida. Uh just had a four four three forty yard forty yard dash. And posted a, a forty and a half vertical leap. Just wild. Uh so if you break down some of these some of these numbers. He came in at six four and a quarter. That's taller than George Kittle. Weighs two forty four. Heavier than Hassan Reddick, a linebacker, by the way. His hands are ten and a half. DeAndre Hopkins hand size. His vertical's forty and a half, as I just mentioned. That's higher than Devontae Adams can jump. And his broad jump, which I believe set a record for um quarterback position, he he can jump farther than Odell. And this is the quarterback, a project. I mean, he threw some great, uh, great deep passes, some great balls. Um, 
but you know some of the shorter mid mid stuff is going to be the question mark some of the decision making a lot of scouts um feel that could be a, a point of emphasis too but when you talk about just raw talent and wrapped into one anthony richardson uh was certainly the talk of indy this past weekend seeing i think it was i'm trying to remember who said it exactly i think it was uh todd mcshay said that it's split amongst gms because there's one half that is basically saying he's a project like you said that he we could we drafting somebody this high or drafting quarterback this high and it don't pan out like you can essentially be the laughing stock of the league, right? But then on the other hand, you could be the laughing stock of the league for passing up on a guy with all these intangibles, and he comes out and he ends up balling out. I really, Sam, if 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 you and I were running a front office and we were sitting down and we were doing player evaluations, I would, I know that our jobs in, in NFL is very very short, but I have a way that I feel that I could just talk to people and I would talk to the owner and I'd say, listen, do you want this to be a well-oiled machine for a long time or a short time? What do you want? If you say a long time, then you got to trust what I'm going to try to do. Because somebody like him, if you sign him and say, hey, listen, in this contract, we are going to put you with the best of the best to train. We want to sit there and get you around the right people to get you better, but you have to show us that you're ready to do this. Now, I've 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 seen a little of him playing during uh, the college football year. I really didn't pay too much, but I saw how big he was, and I was like, this dude is uber athletic, right? Like, it's just crazy, and he flicks his wrist, and the ball is like 50 yards down the field. Yeah, he's got right? some touch for sure. Right, yeah. and he definitely, to your point, he definitely has touch. I, I really feel that, if this young man gets put, he doesn't need to start right away. Give him a year or two. Give him even a year and say, hey, listen, just get with these coaches. Uh, talk to them. Uh, I'd say my prime example would be Jalen. My prime example, if I'm GM for anybody, it would be Jalen. You heard all that they talked about him. Uh, he can't. He's not accurate. He's not this. He took the time to go ahead and do that. I was like, you see what he just did? And that would be my 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 point is, do you want to be great in this league or do you not want to be great in this league? If you want to, you have to put the work in on your own. Yeah, I but mean, I it's he has all the gifts. I mean, Jamarcus Russell had all the gifts well, to this day. I mean, Todd McShay is says of one of the best uh, combine or pro days he's ever seen. Right. <laughs> and Jamarcus Russell um, didn't want to put in the work, you know, yeah, famously yeah. that the team would give him tapes or whatever to uh, to study. And he would come back, return them, say he studied, and they were never watched because they were blank tapes. And if he knew that, or CDs or whatever, or DVDs, whatever the hell it was, but if if he put in the work, it would have been a different situation. Also, Correct. Also depends where he goes. Yes, you know? exactly. exactly. I, like Jalen Hurts ended up in a great position as a second-round pick, a team that was a couple years removed from winning a Super Bowl already had a at the time star quarterback that you know they could do a lot with and and some talent on both sides of the ball and 
you know, a, a premier head coach. So, yep. you know, that's, that's the difference. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was really regarded in a similar light. I mean, he's not a specimen like, like Anthony Richardson <laughs> is, but there were a lot of question marks around Patrick Mahomes' game. And he ended up in Kansas City. And, you know, Andy Reid and the rest is history there. He sat yeah. behind Alex Smith and had the right environment to, you know, but he also put in the work. I mean, yep. Mitch Trubisky was the first quarterback in that draft. And we all, you know, we, we spent years making fun of uh, Ryan Pace and uh, Matt Nagy. So, you know, it's a, it, it depends where he lands, too. But, you know, I you said he could be the laughing. You could be the laughing stock of the league if you pass up on this. I'm not that sure in the sense of like, I think any talent evaluator would sign up for this, these metrics in a quarterback, you know, will he, you know, put it to, you know, will he pan out? I don't know. Nobody does. That's the, this is the great mystery, but, uh, you know, certainly, uh, a lot of comparisons to Cam Newton too, just a little shorter than Cam, just a tight, a touch lighter. You know, he's got bigger hands than Cam. He could jump farther and higher than Cam. There's a lot of that in there too. Um, you know, Cam, Dante Culpepper, Josh Allen kind of all comes to mind as far, uh, you know, uh, more athletic Ben Roethlisberger. And I mean, this is a big dude playing quarterback. And, uh, you know, I've, certainly... I've... You you have evaluators drooling a little bit, you know. I'd also like to just give props to technology and and, and how these players in this day and age, like it's different from the the Joe Namens and uh, the you know the Joe Montana's, like those type of John Elway type players. Like they had great cannons on them, right? Great great engines, but it's they're not they're not these uber athletes. Right there, this this is a different day and age, and these athletes like you're seeing quarterbacks like a Lamar Jackson, primarily in the situation where Anthony Richardson is that these guys have attributes of a wide receiver, but they can spin the the pigskin, right? So it's just like it's it's a different day and age, and I love seeing it because there's a lot of super athletic quarterbacks, uh, mobile more than anything, and that is is making the game, in my opinion, more fun. So super, super intriguing to see this. Yeah. Uh, other news coming out of the combine, the, you know, maybe the first quarterback taken, if not the first pick in the draft, if, uh, you know, Chicago moves out, is Bryce Young, quarterback at Alabama, former Heisman Trophy winner. A lot of talk, you know, I think Alabama had him listed at six foot, six foot one, certainly not that. A lot of talk about how would he measure. He didn't throw. He'll throw out his pro day. Later this month, but mm-hmm. uh, five ten and an eighth. He's over two hundred pounds, which uh, you know were a lot of concerns that he, he wouldn't be. So I mean, as far as he'd be the lightest first round pick at a quarterback position ever, which I found interesting. Closest size comparisons would be Kyler Murray and uh, Johnny Manziel as well. So uh, from from first round pick's point of view, but he, you know he met with the media and he basically responded with the, he said, I've been the size respectfully my whole life. I know who I am and I know what I can do. And Good. That's exactly what you need to say, man. Good. You Good know, for him. Can't, can't change that. Can't change how tall he is. You know, he nope. just knows 
that he can play the quarterback position. So uh, interesting there. I mean, you can make the case of, yeah, the shorter guys have have worked out in this league. Russ, Kyler, Drew Brees. You know, will the next one? You don't know. But again, I think a lot of it is where he's going to end up as well. And, you know, speaking of just great quarterback performances, want to mention really quick, C.J. Stroud of Ohio State just dropping dimes all weekend. Um, Dan, um, excuse me, Daniel Jeremiah said it was one of the best throwing sessions he's ever seen at the combine there. And, um, you know, so that that was cool. He really, really nice passes there. Uh, edge rusher Nolan Smith, who a guy who I really liked um, during his time at Georgia and leading up to this process, he, you know, ran a 4.39.40, second fastest 40 time for a defensive lineman since 2003. So uh, see where that edge rusher gets taken. And uh, Bajan Robinson, no doubt going to be the first running back taken. A lot of uh, comparisons to uh, Saquon Barkley, running back from the University of Texas. So, um, you know, the big thing he, he had to prove was, is he fast enough? in this league is it just on tape but you know that there was some speed at the combine there so it's just interesting to see there so uh certainly more draft talk as we uh lead up and uh some special guests along the way to to talk about it to the eagles fall to the eagles that'd be a dream scenario man it would but also another dream scenario is uh if i remember correctly there's like a freight train that's that's a free agent from the titans uh, I, I heard of that guy. Think think is uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, you know they can bring him over. I, th- I think Derrick Henry's former team teammate is AJ Brown. So I mean, you know, maybe maybe they get on the phone and talk and say, "Hey, listen, you see where we uh, went last year, right?" Okay, because uh, Miles Sanders won't be there, unfortunately. Uh, that's that's unfortunate. But yeah, this you know, agent class for the running back position is wild. Pretty interesting. Yeah. So we'll uh, definitely. And free agency is, dude, like a week, right? That's gonna Can't, be wait. Can't wait. Can't so wait. This time next week, we'll probably be chatting mm-hmm. that up. Uh, you know, but switching gears. Hey, guess what, dude? Yes, sir. I watched a UFC pay-per-view. About time. I was pumped. I did not tune in until the co-main event. I was told by one of my uh, best friends, big UFC fan, that I missed a really great card, but... I certainly saw Alexa Grasso dethrone Valentina. How do you say her name? Shovinchenko. Yeah, Shevchenko. I saw that. It was wild. There were a lot of it times was. where I thought Alexa was out, like done, and just you know, <laughs> shocked the world as as you wrote in here. Um, you know, she submitted the seven time defending flyweight champion, who's now twenty three and four in her career uh, in the fourth round. You know close to the end of the fourth round there and then you know the the main event and something the sport's been waiting for a long time uh john joe uh john jones john bones jones back after a three-year uh hiatus moved up in a weight class too to face a cyril gone and uh had a guillotine choke at two minutes look at me talking yeah i I watched it yeah yeah are you proud look at that i I am i am proud I am. So, I'm, light- I'm also more proud of uh, also more proud of John Bones Jones than this too, because two minutes, choke two minutes, four seconds, four seconds. It, it was 
the way he did it, the way he slipped the the guillotine in, it, it was it was just a work of math. Like I, it's crazy because I like want to go to a UFC fight and see like one of my like see him fight or something like my favorite fighters. But I'd be so pissed if I spent so much money to see it end in two minutes and four seconds. Like I'd be sick. But to your point, like seeing Valentina like lose like that to Alexa Grasso, that's why you watch. MMA is because you may think somebody is down and out and all it yeah. takes is one kick, one punch, you slip and fall, they they choke you out like it could change in a heartbeat and that's kind of what happened to Cyril Gone. Like he got himself into a situation, he was standing up with John Bones and then John Bones took him down and next thing you know he's up against the cage and he's getting choked out. And yeah. that was it. Uh same with Valentina. Like she slipped up, gave up her back. Alexa took her back, and it was night night from there too. So I'm just super proud that you you watched, sir. Super, Dude, I super watched. Proud. I was pumped. Um, but I only I only saw those matches. So that's fair. I did too. Okay. <laughs> I was trying. I again, kind of a newcomer to UFC. I mean, I've I've sprinkled in pay per views throughout the years or with friends. I have a lot of friends that really love the sport mm -hmm. you included where where's john jones like rank in the pantheon of like ufc because I, I was just doing a lot of research on him before and after the fight and uh you know everything i saw just like one of the top you know <laughs> what <laughs> oh, he's a you, goat. you scared me there he's the goat the greatest of all time like he's literally considered by a lot of MMA fighters. Because I heard the, the announcers, of all time. Uh, DC, Joe Rogan, and, you know, just basically saying he's the GOAT. And I, you know, that that term obviously gets thrown around a lot. Um, and he certainly qualifies. I just didn't know, like, if you were making a Mount Rush, what would, who would be your Mount Rushmore of, of the UFC or MMA? Mm, that's, it's him. It's him. Definitely uh, George St. Pierre has to be up there so those two right there um if i'm thinking and also to a point that you said because i know you said you you really just started to like dive in a little bit more for dc to say that john bones jones is the greatest of all time that's his biggest rival like they hate each other <laughs> in the yeah. octagon i don't know how they feel about each other now but Did he, he said that right he he called he, he, too, big, right? he yeah. bigged him up yeah absolutely yeah. which is it takes a big man to say that. I mean, he lost those fights against them, but then John went and tested for PEDs after. So there's that. But anyway, George St. Pierre, uh, John Bones Jones. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Connor would be nowhere near that. I just want to let you know that. Um, Chuck Liddell would probably be up there. Chuck Liddell. Putting you uh, on the spot here. I don't like to do that. BJ Penn would probably be in there. Uh, I like it. I, think, I know all those of, names. I'm trying to think of who else. There's there's more. Yeah. I, let's save this for a question because I, I want some time to really think about it. Yeah, look at those, but there's no way I, I'd still think the two greatest fighters ever is John Bones Jones and George St. Pierre. There's no way that I. I can't have either one of them in there. They're just absolute monsters. So, yeah. Oh, and I, I mean, I probably have to put Stylebender is starting to get in there. And then also Kamara Usman is up there. So 
I don't I don't know. It's it's I have to look at all the defenses, but yeah, it's it's, it's got to be a hard thing to equate just based on different eras and and much like every sports debate, but eras, fighting style, one's good at this, one's good at that. I, I imagine. I think does that really play a role? To me, no, because I I mean a fighter is a fighter is a fighter, right? It's it's not it's not like the the NBA or NFL where it's like different type of freakish athletes like you still gotta punch somebody you still gotta grapple them you still gotta take them down you still have to beat that person in front of you it's you and them there's nobody else so i think it's a little bit different in that sense um but yeah yeah i don't even care about generations like you fight you fight like it just it just is what it is it's just you and that other person and I, i think ronda rousey would have to be in there too for what she's done for for female MMAs, like she's was an absolute problem. Um, so she's got to be in there as well, too. Well, that was, you know, an engaging UFC corner. <laughs> I told it you was I this time because Sam has been watching, which is I uh, very, usually very thrilling. just figure out. Do you care as you're talking? So. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's in the books. Hey, real quick. Do you care? The World Baseball Classic tips off. Well, when you're listening to this tomorrow, but Tuesday night, uh, do you care? Well, I know you don't because you made that abundantly. Uh, you changed it. I changed my opinion. Oh, okay. I'm people I'm shut the hell up. Go ahead. Go ahead. We were talking last week. We didn't have podcasts, but we were together and chatting through some things and mm-hmm. and the future of this podcast and different uh what we want to do next and how we're gonna do it and uh, you know bring this podcast to the next level and all of that just a meeting two friends talking about business i'm waiting to hear what made you change that after you laid and that i out. said we could talk about the world baseball classic but i don't really care and i still kind of don't but I, i'll watch where i haven't watched in the past i don't know why the u.s team's stacked obviously the dominican team is stacked i just i don't get the same like you know it's certainly not the olympics but you did make a great point that i'll i'll just steal from you now i mean you are playing for your country whether it's you know it's not on the grandest stage but it's still baseball and and you know it may not mean a lot to to americans playing baseball but you i mean shohei otani just hit two three run home runs uh in an exhibition game yeah one off his knee yesterday the dominican team is pumped all these other teams are pumped and uh you know really playing for something here so uh it's it's cool to see and then i saw the coaching staff too mark garosa is gonna be the manager and he pettits one of the uh the pitching coach <laughs> and ken griffey jr is the hitting coach Ooh, okay gary manuel and brian mccann are the bench coaches and dave rigetti's the bullpen coach so i mean like that's pretty cool I like how you uh, turn this around. It's it makes me makes me feel good. Yeah, uh, yeah as, as Sam mentioned, I mean, I do care about it because it's just more baseball. But it's it's like our it's like the all star teams. It's like the teams like uh, if you think of created teams or ultimate teams in in sports video games, where you're able to take certain players and put them on your team and then go face other teams. Like this is what we're getting, right? We're getting. The U.S., which we know has a lot of all-star players. Sam also said the Dominican Republic, 
which has got a huge amount of uh, superstars as well. You're getting to see all of this star power uh, compiled onto one team and see if it could win a championship. Like if talent actually can coincide with one another and they can push for a goal. I, I always love seeing uh, these type of tourneys and doing that, which is why I would love to see like a in season tourney, as I had mentioned before for the NBA, like I would love to see like talent like that. Just, just be able to finally show out and do what they have to do. So the first game is tonight at 11 PM. Uh, when we're recording, this is the Netherlands against Cuba, right? If I'm correct. Um, so that'd be interesting. I, I mean, it's 11 p.m. It's past my bedtime. I'll probably be asleep. Uh, so I might record it just to watch some of it during the day tomorrow. Uh, but uh, my evening will be uh, will be consistent of watching the MAC tournament, and uh, which is on right now. So, yeah. All right. Well, that was Do You Care? We both <laughs> care. <laughs> Dude, this U.S. team is is. Stacked. I Stacked. just looked at the offense, uh, the outfielders for the Dominican team: Teoscar Hernandez, Eloy Jimenez, Julio Rodriguez, and Juan Soto. And then you have Wander, <laughs> Rafael Devers, Robbie Cano's on the team, which is interesting. Willie yeah, Adams, uh, Gary Sanchez, and I know on the uh, on the U.S. team, I mean, you have Mookie, Mike Trout, Kyle Tucker in the outfield, Trey Turner, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado. Tim Anderson, Pete Alonzo, JT Realmuto, Will Smith. Pitching isn't as um, you know, the stud American pitchers really aren't in playing. Yeah, a lot yeah. of them older, Max Scherzer, mm-hmm. Verlander, Degrom, stuff like that. But I mean, you you got a lethal bullpen, and uh, you know the the talents right there. So I'm invested. I'm into it. And that's our podcast. Thanks so much for listening to episode ninety, the Chasing Points podcast. For Brandon, my name's Sam. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, peace and happy birthday, Alicia. Happy birthday, Alicia.